but partnerships uh, and building those relationships and leveraging other people's assets and skills and knowledge is going to get you there an awful lot quicker than literally trying to build, build the whole thing yourself. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, Today I have Matt uh, Atkinson on the show. Uh, Welcome, Matt. Morning, Heidi. Good to see you. And I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. You're the Managing Director of Utilise Mobile, uh, a mobile device and network management specialist. Um, You've worked in the telecoms industry since the early 90s as a consultant working for large enterprise organisations and you're a founder and CEO of a number of technology and telecom businesses. It's your bag, and I'm sure that'll come into the conversation today. Uh, it will bubble over, I'm sure. And um, we are looking to explore uh, a mindset for a growing business uh, and how you're you're doing that yourself, uh, the reset mindset, and also how to create a mindset and environment to, I guess, stimulate innovation within mm-hmm. businesses to help those people around you to have to do that as well. Um, but before we get into that conversation, um, the first one I ask is, um, what do you love about what you do, Matt? What I love, I, I think uh, for, for me, I, when uh, at school, if only you go back kind of whenever that was, 30 years ago, um, I always had a passion. I knew I wanted to be in business. I, I knew I wanted to uh, essentially drive my own way forward. I really was not great on the academic side, disliked that kind of structure. So what I love about business is that ability to uh, really uh, drive our own way forward to create our own plans um, to go and test and to find new and interesting areas to get involved with. So it's it's almost that lack of formal structure that you might have in a corporate environment that that really I thrive on. Okay, so is is it just the curiosity of business that got you into that? Is that was that what it was? I, do you know? If, if, I mean, my my dad was uh, son son of a coal miner, left home at fifteen and uh, started his own business quite young. Um, you know, unfortunately, lost that business in the recession in 1990s, like 1991. We lost our house. We, you know, we we're in a pretty bad state at that point. Um, but I always knew I wanted to do that. It's probably driven by him, you know, and, and as we're all influenced, aren't we, in some way, shape or form by parents. Mm. But, but always knew I want to be in business. And uh, so, you know, just for, from early stages, um, just wanted to earn some money and get on. As, as I've grown up a little bit, only a little bit, obviously, um, I've got to a point where, obviously, you know, actually there's a lot more time from from running and building a business and investing in different areas. So, um, yeah, it started probably with kind of material side, earn some money, get out there, but uh, mm. it's been since. And I guess you've probably seen quite a number of stages of business over the last 30 years in terms of mm-hmm. – and and almost and also how you might have also changed yourself. I mean, uh, you must have noticed the difference even now today. If you're going to start a business, your your perspective. Yeah, is very yeah. I um, I uh, when I sold my last business, it was about 2010. 
Uh, and I, I said, I, I kind of had this inkling in the back of my mind, what, was it fluke? Did, you know, should I go and do it again? And, and uh, right or wrong, I actually went and decided I was going to do a startup all over again and, you know, uh, get, get going. In, in hindsight, probably what I should have done is, is, is bought another kind of foundation business and, and built from there. And, and I think probably the big lesson I've learned over the years, uh, and you kind of only really learn this later down, so maybe, maybe it's helpful for some of the younger entrepreneurs listening, but partnerships uh, and building those relationships and leveraging other people's assets and skills and knowledge is going to get you there an awful lot quicker than literally trying to build, build the whole thing yourself. So, so maybe a little bit late in the day, I've learned some of those lessons, but um, certainly uh, I, I think that's probably the big difference between then and now. Now I'm all about partnerships and how we leverage those to grow. Brilliant. Okay, that's that's good. And, and I guess as your mindset changed as well over that time in terms of how you tackle businesses, how you go about it? I, I've always had pretty, I think my principles have remained a constant throughout. Um, you know, a lot of what I do is helping large businesses. That tends to be the area that I'm involved in. But it's all about, you know, getting fair deals for them, negotiating with some of these kind of Goliath organizations like your BTs and your Vodafones. And and and, and always kind of this principle of fairness within it. Um, so so that that's guided me. But actually, um, the, the way we, we go about business, um, the, the, the way that we uh, manage has become a lot more kind of professional. It's a bit haphazard, if we're honest, 30 years ago when I first started, age 20, whatever it was, 23 or something like that. Uh, but it's, you know, a, a, over time, a lot, lot more structured now. And, um, you know, it's it's different. And and when you obviously start a business, obviously it's just you and you just have to, to worry mm. about yourself. And now you employ people, um, and therefore you're leading people, and yeah. uh, the the scope and the dimension of things changes significantly because it's not just about you, and you can just crack on and do something. And so, so how has that changed in terms of leading people and, and bringing people into that equation? Yeah, so, so I think um, in my previous business we went from well, two of us partnership to about fifty. Uh, in this business, we're 20 at the moment. And I think it's recognizing different stages. So the team that you have to go from, you know, whether it's founder or or, or two partners, for instance, that they're growing a business, it, it's all kind of revolving around, let's say, that those leaders to start with, you know, th- their plan, their actions day to day, and everyone's kind of moving it in, in that direction. As you grow that business, it probably works to, what, eight, 10 people somewhere in that type of region. Uh, and, and and at that point, your business needs to fundamentally change to then scale to the next level. And, and and that's what you kind of recognize over time is those different different levels that you get to, the different mm. people you need, the type of people you need really to get a, a an idea off the ground out of nothing uh, are not necessarily the same people that you need to run and scale a business. And I, I think it's the challenge is always then as you grow, finding where your team then fit into the next stage of growth because mm. you can't just carry on in a linear fashion doing things the way you were in day one just you know with more of you you, mm. you have to put in the structure so obviously you have people that are operational focused you have people that are sales and marketing focused you you know in our case we have technology that, that we build um mm. so, so you end up kind of working around teams but, and that's very difficult for a business because the, probably the hardest bit of a business is to go from six eight ten people to 40, 50 people, that whole, it's it's defined quite sometimes as the desert. You know, you've got to have all the attributes of a large business. You've got to have all the functions of a large business. Uh, you're going to have all these processes, systems, mm. ISO accreditations, goodness knows what, you know, within your business. But you're still a very small business and the resources are obviously tight. So that's, it's a really challenging point. So I think recognizing those different stages and making sure that 
in your business, you know, you know what you're going for. Are you trying to scale up to become, you know, a high growth, bigger business? Or mm. are you, you know, want to run a successful small business? And and often people confuse the two things. I think it's all about growth. And of course, with that growth often comes a lot of pain, problems, issues, challenges mm. to address. Yeah. And just, just going back to your, your mindset, and obviously mm. it'd be good to, for you to just describe it more on your mindset, but also how do you, I guess, instill that? How do you create that mindset that those people around you are in a similar ways of thinking, going about business, and just what you've talked about, how you, you're scaling or growing or or more sort of just, just, just being a successful yeah. business? So how, how do you go about that with your people? I, I think, you know, I mean, you hear this from other people. You, you've got to have kind of your, your, your culture and what that's based on. Um, for, for us, um, we, we've always had a, a firm view that the sector we work in is dreadful at customer service. And if we're going to differentiate ourselves, you know, it, it's around customer service. And having that ethos within the business, you know, as an underlying guide to everyone is really important. Mm. I think the second bit is then uh, innovation is important to us. So giving people that kind of uh, uh, um, freedom to test, to try, to break, to fail, um, you know, is, is really important. So we, we have kind of principle, which is, you know, draw a line and move on. Um, no one benefits from, you know, trawling over the past or negativity. And I'd rather that we, we fail, but we're open and we admit that and we change it. Uh, and, and, and and we know that there, there are not repercussions for that. You know, we have to have a discussion about what went wrong, why it went wrong mm. and sort it. But I think that that consistent approach I've always used is kind of draw a line, move on. You know, now, now ultimately, I find that the vast majority of the team will get that. They'll work with it. You're always going to have some people that don't fit that agenda. You know, maybe they're not right fit for your culture, for your business. Mm. You know, you're never going to have a perfect environment. But if you have a, a very open one, for me, that's always worked because it's, it's given people that freedom to, to test and to try. And at the same time, know that if we do fail, as long as we own that failure and we then say, OK, how are we going to deal with it as a team? we know that the, the next stage is going to be more successful than the last because we've improved upon where we were. You know, no business is going to, you know, move forward or grow unless they're constantly improving as well. So, so you, do you see failure as a way of moving forward and expanding yeah. your business? Yeah, it's absolutely. And you, yeah, and you're, 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 you're like sort of in, you're embracing it. Yeah, it'd be like doing your driving lessons and expecting to get in the car first time and pass your test, wouldn't it? You know, the fact that your learnings come through your failures uh, and, and eventually you reach a point where in business you have a viable product, one that people are willing to part, you know, their hard earned money for and you can deliver a good service. But you have to continuously iterate that. So, that, so it's failings the whole time. Um, so within technology, I mean, those that know technology will know that consistently building things that <laughs> that don't work that are tested or mm. are great and work but people just don't want and and their failings as well because it means that we fail to understand our, our customer base correctly or their needs and requirements so yeah i, I think i think it's like everything it, it, it's a natural part i think in the uk especially we're uh, we're not particularly open to failures i don't know it's a cultural kind of thing then then yeah hundreds and hundreds of years worth of kind of history but you know we we, we tend to feel like it's kind of we've got this thing where failure is not necessarily allowed certainly in business you'll know that in business you know people that fail in business there's an utter stigma still attached to it which is completely wrong mm. you know the whole point of business is is all about risk it's all about people putting up their time effort money to try and make a change uh, and and so for me yes 
failings are a really important part of business as long as you learn from them and don't keep repeating them obviously so, yes. um, yeah because because failure is all about well you're only you're, you're pushing boundaries and innovating and expanding your business you will fail as you say because you're you go into new areas because you've never been there before yeah. or trying something new. So you, you're bound to fail. Uh, I think the key point you made the point last bit is, is making sure that we we stop, learn from it and create. I always have a mindset of saying it's not failure so much. It's more about feedback. It's just the feedback on our journey. And we need to think differently about this and go about it in a different way. And so we learn from it. And that's the key thing is learn from it. Mm-hmm. Have you got an example of this year where you've, I say failed spectacularly, but quite a big failure, which has created a, a massive learning for you as a business. Yeah, uh, do you know what I mean? Um, my team will hate me for saying this. Um, <laughs> we, we we found that, uh, you know, COVID's changed everything. And, and you know, you're going to have to do different ways of working and different processes. Um, we, we, we look to expand we built the business up to about three million in-house from referral uh, and from networking and things that we knew and we, we thought okay what we want to do is now see if we can scale this from five then to ten million and so one of the things that we looked at is how do we build our own direct um type of activities and and and, and i think you know if we're, we're perfectly honest the sector that we work in is large corporates difficult to speak to the senior decision makers in in that space and as you'll probably know they, they you know everyone's trying to get to it directors you know because it's a massive expanding area and, and, and i think fundamentally our approach of what we thought would work there uh, just fundamentally hasn't i mean you know no two ways about it we've tried all of the things that you might imagine as a business that might be successful and they haven't uh, and, and then we we pivoted that whole thing and said okay let's just stop and reset uh same people same team and then, then started to move and said, well, where have been, we been successful in partnerships and those areas? And, you know, go back to some of the things we probably knew already, but then double down on, on those different ways. And, and they're, they're turning out really well for us. So, yeah, we chucked, we chucked some, you know, money away in the process of learning. But, um, you know, what we did learn was certain approaches just simply don't work for us. So we don't want to keep spending money on those. And we, we, we needed to change. And how do you create that environment apart from just telling people, because that's in some ways it's not, it helps. That, which is obviously important. <laughs> but how do you create an environment where people feel, I guess, safe and comfortable to almost push the boundaries and then make a mistake and go, ah, Matt, I tried this, didn't work, it just didn't, you know, and, and come to you. and and Or also an environment where they're happy to challenge perhaps what you're saying. You're, you're the founder and own the business challenge some of your thinking of an approach how do you create an environment if people feel safe yeah i mean i think i think that well for me part of it is you got to lead from the front haven't you which is you know if you just if you just chuck objective grenades over the fence and you know targets and things of that nature mm. and say to Tim, right you, you get on you got the, you know you know how they're going to learn how they how they're going to get there, especially in a small business so i think leading from the the, the front and being part of that team um, so, so I, I, I love that side of it. I love getting involved with the innovation. The thing is, I can't code a, a single line of software. So, in a business where we build software, and my previous business is exactly the same, um, you, you know, you have to then have a team that you can trust that can go and execute that. But, um, but, but still being really heavily involved within it, uh, and then you know, between us, challenging each other. So, so you know, they'll go away, they'll develop, you know. I think having that honesty to say when something comes back, say, look, this this isn't where where we're trying to go. Let's go back again. Look where we've got to. You know, have that open dialogue and trust mm. that 
you know, it's not a personal criticism. It's a, you know, to get to where we need to get to, to deliver the product and the service that our customers need, we're going to need to do this slightly differently. And, mm-hmm. and having that bit where people don't take it as personal criticism, you know, can be difficult. Mm-hmm. But if you can get to that, that bit of trust where everyone's, you know, on, on the same page, that really is key to it. Because with, without that, it just comes across as people throwing targets, objectives, criticisms when it doesn't work and the fear of failure they know that if we fail it's not a failure it's just you know it's a it's a hurdle we've now overcome we find the problem we move it we we correct it we move forward excellent and just just expanding upon that whole i suppose pushing the boundaries Mm. how else are you creating i suppose a culture or an environment that people are really wanting to think way outside the box and think and explore things that perhaps they've not even imagined they could explore uh, beyond the failure bit, just really the, you know, shooting for the moon, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, we, we have like a kind of Google R and D style team where they, you know, deploy, you know, literally people whose only job in life is going to test and build the weird and wonderful in the world and see what happens. But um, we do try and create space for that within the business. So we we, we were developing a product uh, a couple of years ago, which in, in simple terms allowed you to create uh, connectivity in remote locations. So it's like kind of using mobile services, but um, you literally plug it in and it create Wi-Fi for you, collect up to the mobile network and you know, do all sorts of security and things like that. Um, by giving the team that freedom to go and play with it, they actually created a brand new product over the last year, which which stemmed off it, but creates a secure corporate environment on a home workers uh, network. So, for instance, where you are today, mm-hmm. I presume you're working from home, mm-hmm. you've got a home broadband uh, network in there. But if you work for a large corporate, you're reliant on that same infrastructure. So the team were able to go and build a brand new product for that space, literally by, you know, playing, testing, breaking different technologies, pulling them together. Uh, I never set them the objective to do it. They just came back and said, hey, we've, we've built this thing. What do you reckon? And we said, okay, fine. Well, look, here's some money. Go and play with it. Go and really break it and invest in it. And we found something de- decent and then put it into our proper R&D um, uh, plans after that. So you're obviously given freedom to, to, to explore then, aren't you? And that's, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, go and break things, go and spend some money. Um, you know, yeah. we don't want to go and gung ho with it all, but um, yeah, I mean, they, they know that there's money available to spend on that side of it. We allocate a certain amount of, you know, our revenue to just pure R and D activities mm. because, and unless we're doing that, we're just the same as everyone else. We're just kind of reselling someone else's product or adding a little bit more service. So mm. I, think, I think in any business, think about you know what are the things that you know could be improved. And even if you can't develop tech yourself, there are plenty of companies that can build applications and services that could streamline mm-hmm. customer service and get your people thinking that way. And, and suddenly, you know, lots of really good ideas come out and also talk to your customers. What are the things that they find frustrating with how they have to deal with organizations? Mm-hmm. And there's a technological answer in there is kind of my view to it. Obviously, obviously that's my area, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure there's, a, there's, there's other areas too. Yeah, and I'm sure your area has obviously become more to the forefront. As, as you say, people are, are working from home, hybrid or some sort of connotation. Yeah. Um, I'm working with a business that is all about remote first. And, yeah, the whole having the right setup technology-wise and mm-hmm. secure, I guess that's the important thing, isn't it, uh, is vital. Um, so just, just going forward, really, as you, as we head into the into the new year, um, 
what do you, I guess, see are the challenges from your businesses or how are you going to take your people with you in those challenges over the next sort of 12, 18 months? Yeah, I mean, we, we um, although we have a, a number of services in the business, we'd always run them under kind of one, one unit until now. Um, I think as we go from, say, 20 to maybe 30, 40 people and we, we look to double the revenues again, we, what we're now doing is we're now putting that more of a division in place. So we're creating clear uh, full owners or like inter- internal you know, head of services mm. for each of the different areas that we work in. And, and we're starting to drop those that really uh, services that is that, that, that don't have that growth within them. So I think, you know, having explored and found lots of different opportunities, different products, we're now focusing down on three core products uh, where we know we've got growth, we've got opportunity. Then we're raising three of the individuals to run those, obviously reporting into myself and the other partners, but essentially mm. running those, giving them the freedom to build their own teams uh, w- within there. It's almost mm. like running three smaller versions of the business within it, because I, th- I think for us, you know, we're, we're not looking to go out and raise funding. We're not looking to, you know, do some you know, vast scale up or a buy and build. We're, we're looking mm. to do more of what we do, mm. um, but but uh, but I think we've got three really good products there, and so so that's what we've done anyway. Okay, and just sort of coming towards the end, mm. what keeps you awake at night in your business? Um, do, do you know, <laughs> more often than not, what keeps me awake at night is if I do happen to wake up, then lots lots of ideas and. Uh, right. things that we could do start coming into my head they're, they're, they're kind of ones you have to get a pad out and start writing them down so um i think you know we, you know we got I, I i've always been a uh, uh right or wrong um i don't believe in having large amounts of debt and leverage from that side and, and although that's been hugely in fashion in the last 10 years with very low interest rates um there's always a price to be paid for excessive debt and and, and ultimately mm-hmm. the thing that takes a business out will always be probably leverage debt is going to be the mm. number one thing. You know, it's very difficult if you have a business that's um, not got itself in that position. So I think what what concerns me a little bit about the last two years is almost a perception of lots and lots of free money has been issued out mm. and there's no price to pay for it. So in smaller business, they, they had that £50,000 interruption loan. We already know that there's vast, vast waves of organisations that, basically took that money that can never repay it there's yep. large amounts of those loans that were issued possibly fraudulently to organizations that simply you know weren't even businesses people were buying you know rubbish businesses for a thousand pounds and getting a fifty thousand pound loan and closing them down yep. and, and with the bigger businesses you know um we, we took some funding you know at the time we didn't really know where things are going to go for for growth um it's very manageable for us we've got a little bit of debt but I know a number that have taken vast amounts of debt. And the problem with that is then you get the downturn that's inevitably going to come. Mm. Uh, furloughs now finished. You know, we, we're going into very uncertain times, you know, as we speak today, um, you know, whatever the next iteration of COVID is coming along. Um, no, no one quite knows. And I think that for me is the one thing that's always been in the back of my mind. And that goes back to my childhood. You know, we, lo- we mm. lost our home when I was 18. And probably that's one of the reasons that, I, I kind of got into business very early. Yeah. We just had to go and make a living and get on with it. And that was all driven by the fact that interest rates became 17% overnight. And, you know, if you remember those days, it was pretty hideous. Mm. Today, people think that interest rates are going to stay where they are forever. This is just simply not true. They'll stay there till the system starts to buckle under the weight of it. And once it starts to increase, 
it's always a price to be paid. So I think keep your business, you know, sensible in terms of debt and leverage is always the thing that I, I think about. Maybe that's held us back a bit, but I think it keeps us a lot safer at night as well. Well, yeah, and I think that sleeping at night uh, is important. <laughs> as, as much as growing a business is fantastic, you've got to look after your own self-care. And if that one way is being more robust about your your debts and, and managing that, then that's important, I think. I think I agree with you. I think a lot of people have leveraged debts too much, and and I don't think they sleep very well and, and unfortunately are very anxious. But also it's great to hear that you you wake up in the night with ideas. And, <laughs> well, that, that, that's, and that's, that's amazing. That keeps me... Uh, keeps me awake yeah that's that, that's great because uh, and it sounds like you're, you're you're full of ideas and a business that is thriving with ideas and growing as well um which is brilliant um and obviously you, you you foster that by the fact that you allow people to go off and create new technologies that you didn't even ask for i mean that's even even better isn't it so um it's been really good to speak to you today um, you. to matt um how can if people want to get in touch with you about your business about you how can they connect with you what's the best way yeah, uh, via LinkedIn is, is, is probably best. So I don't know if you, you have show notes or uh, on my site, mattatkinson.io, um, where there's kind of a bit more about my story and my contact information. Brilliant. Well, we will put that in the show notes anyway, your website and, and your details so people can get hold of that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for coming today. Brilliant. Thanks very much. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver, and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates, and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.